0: Hi hi hi! It's Ty with the math grind. Welcome to After Class the Podcast with Miss Donovan. Our geometry—it's not week ten, even though we just had week nine last time. It's technically week twelve, skipped a few times, uh, but we're just going to go over our new stuff before our assessment and also the apothem real quick. So let's get into our talk topics for today. Let's get started with our mathematicians of the week. We had a few over the time between this podcast and the last podcast. We're going to focus on just two today. So we had two of them, the first one being Autumn Kent. She is an American mathematician who specializes in topology and geometry, and she is the transgendered mathematician we talked about in class. She didn't start transitioning until her mid-30s, received her BA in mathematics and literature from the University of North Carolina at Asheville, got her PhD from the University of Texas, Austin in mathematics, worked at Brown for four years before settling in at the University of Wisconsin, and has published over 20 papers in her area of study, A really big problem for Autumn, we kind of talked about this a little bit in class, is that since she didn't start transitioning to later in life, a lot of her mathematical papers are written under her dead name. And there aren't there isn't exactly a very easy way for her to go about changing it. And her login information for all of these like academic websites is still under her dead name. So as a community, the math community probably needs to work a little bit harder on becoming more diverse and more accepting to others. Uh, She has also won many awards in 2019. She was a science fellow. She was a Villa Associate from 2018 to 2019. She won the Von Neumann Fellow at the Institute of the Advanced Study from 2015 to 2016. She was a National Science Foundation Career Award uh, winner in 2014 and a Frank Gerth Dissertation Award in 1999. And that's Autumn Kent, the first one. We're also going to talk about our next mathematician of the week, who is Jose Adam Chain. We talked about him this week specifically. He was born October 29th, 19, or 1921, and died February 14th on Valentine's Day, nineteen ninety nine or 1991, 21 to 91. He's a Mexican mathematician born in Tupac, Veracruz. He worked in topology as well, and he proved the Adam relation between Stenrod Squares, which is, again, named after him, so it's a pretty big accomplishment there. In 1941, he moved to Mexico City to prove it Pursue his degree in engineering and mathematics. And did not graduate till 19 or till 1949, and received his BS in mathematics from the National Autonomous University of Mexico, the UNAM. In 1952, he graduated from Princeton with a PhD in mathematics after one of his undergrad professors pushed him to do so, and he was awarded as a Guggenheim fellow or awarded a Guggenheim fellowship in 1951. And those are our mathematicians mathematicians of the week. We're gonna do the section by section. So the first new section is 32-1, the targets where I can develop and apply a formula for the circumference of a circle, and then I can develop and apply a formula for the area of a circle. We took our notes from the book here. So specifically, uh, we talked about circumference and area, which you can find both of those equations on your unit five formula sheet. The equation for the circumference of a circle is either circumference equals pi times diameter or circumference equals two pi r, so two pi times radius. Remember, the radius is half the diameter, so two times the radius would be equal to the diameter. Therefore, they are the same. Remember, the circumference tells the distance around uh, the circle. It's telling you kind of, it's like the perimeter, but for circle is basically what I would equate it to. So you can either round it, you can do like 3.14 and multiply it by that, or you can multiply it by pi and leave it in units of pi. I don't have a preference, but remember, you do need to like do units like if it's inches, miles, meters, something like that. Now we worked on area, which is area equals pi r squared. There is only that formula, so you need the radius and you need to square it. So again, you'd use 3.14 for pi or you could leave it in units of pi. These units would be like inches squared, units squared, feet squared, so on and so forth. So that's really what we did. We kind of worked on applying it. We did not finish the specific day here for when we were doing this because it was just like a lot of information. It was a lot of examples. But again, on your assessment, you will be asked to... Use those formulas and plug them in. So that is thirty two one. We split 32-2 into two days. We're gonna just talk about it in one section though here, the targets where I can develop and apply the formula of of the area of a sector and I can develop and apply the formula of arc length. We started with arc length and just a reminder, the circumference two equations are either circumference equals pi times diameter or circumference equals two times pi times the radius. Remember, another way to measure an arc is by its. Or an arc is by its central angle. An arc is a part of the circle, so the length of its arc is part of the circumference. The arc length is part of the circumference of a circle, proportional to the measure of the central angle, when compared to the whole circle. Arc length is different from the degree measure of the arc. So there is an arc length formula that is also on your unified formula sheet that we use. It is arc length equals theta divided by 360 times two pi r. And two pi r should be pretty familiar because it's two pi times the radius, which is the same as the circumference. So basically what that is saying is that central angle divided by 360 times two times pi times the radius is equal to the arc length because the arc length is going to be proportional to the central angle and the circumference of the circle. So again, the theta is going to be the measure of your central angle. And all we did there is we plugged it in. Sometimes we were given theta and the radius and we could do that. Sometimes we were given the arc length and theta and we had to solve for the radius. And then sometimes we were given the arc length and the radius and we had to solve for theta. So what you would use is you would plug in what you know and then solve for what you don't know. If you wanna find arc length, you just plug in your theta and the radius. If you wanna find the radius, you plug in theta and the arc length, and then solve for the radius by moving everything over. If you want to solve for theta, you would do the same thing. You'd plug in the radius and the arc length and then solve everything and move it over to get theta by itself. So that was day one. Day two, kind of similar. So if we worked on sector. So remember the area formula for a circle is area equals pi r squared. Sectors of a circle are the region of a circle bounded by the central angle and its intercepted arc. And sometimes we need to know the area of a specific sector in order to find a proportion or a ratio. So if the sector of a circle has an area A square units and the central angle is measuring of theta, then there is an equation we can use, which is area of a sector equals theta divided by 360 times pi r squared. So again, it is like the same thing except uh, with air, with the area formula instead of the circumference. So we did a few problems. Either A, you're given both the theta and the radius. You plug that in find the area of the sector. Or maybe B, you're given the diameter and you need to figure out what the radius is. Remember, to figure out the radius, once you're given the diameter, you divide by two. The last question we did is we found the area of the full circle and then of a specific sector. So remember, uh, if we were to compare those, that would tell us like the percentage of the area that sector is of the full circle. So again, that was 32-2 day two. I would say, as long as you understand when to use those two formulas, This section specifically shouldn't be that much more difficult to understand than area and circumference generally. We're going to go, okay, so we're going to go over the steps of how to solve for the apothem before I go over the assessment overview, which is what a lot of you would probably wanna do. So this will be the second time we see the apothem. The first time on, it was the second time we will see the apothem on an assessment. The first time we saw the apothem was on the last assessment before spring break. And I imagine that's probably a little bit far away and it was a little bit difficult when we were doing so. So to solve for the apothem, there are five steps. So the first step being you need to figure out what the measure of the central angle is. So if you have like a hexagon you would need to divide three sixty uh, divide by the number of sides. So for a hexagon, it would be six. So for a hexagon, the central angle would be a measure of 60 degrees. From there, you need to divide that by two. You uh, You'd get 30 in this case, and then divide the length of one side by two. And we create that apothem. so we can draw that line. It creates a right triangle. So we know the top angle of the right triangle is 30 degrees, and the bottom side length is eight. From there, we need to figure out what the apo- what the apothem is. So, to solve for that x, we're trying to solve for the height of the right triangle. You can either use trigonometry, you would circle the 30, label the opposite adjacent and hypotenuse and figure out which, if you needed sine, cosine, or tangent to solve for it. In this case, it is usually tangent. Or since it is a 30, 60, 90, you could use right triangles. Once you have the apothem, all you need is the perimeter. If you know one side length, you just multiply that side length by the number of sides. So. Here it would be six, we do six times 16, to get 96 inches for the perimeter, and you'd multiply one half times the perimeter times your apothem. So again, to solve for the apothem, you're either doing trigonometry or you're doing special right triangles. So you need to be able to kind of draw that apothem there. And that's just a review of what, how to solve for the apothem. Okay, so it's time to go over the assessment number 10 overview on this assessment. There are one, two, three, four sections. So four sections that you are seeing. One of the sections is new. So it will be the last time you see 31 and 30, 31, 1 and 31, 2. It will be the first, last second time you see chapter 31 through chapter 30-3 and 31-3 and it'll be the first time you're seeing 32-1 and 32-2. So if we go ahead and look at the section that we can skip, it will be the first section and that's the only one. That question is gonna ask you to find the measure of an interior angle of a certain shape. So remember that's gonna be N minus two times 180 divided by N. That's how you do that. First, the second section you have to do, 30-1, 30-2, 30-3, it's gonna ask you to find the area of a parallelogram. Remember area equals base times height. In this specific uh, uh, option here, they don't give you the height. So you have to solve for the height in the 30, 60, 90 triangle. Uh, you can use tangent, you can use, uh, I meant not tangent you can use trigonometry or you can use special right triangles in this case. 31-3, you are finding the area of a regular hexagon. So you're gonna have to solve for the apothem. it's not given to you. Remember area equals, um, area equals, uh, what is the equation? I'm just trying to think real quick. Area equals one half uh, apothem times the perimeter. So again, area equals one half apothem times the perimeter is the equation. And then our last section, there's our new section. It's asking you to find the area of a circle with a certain diameter. So remember, you need to figure out the radius for that. And then it's talking about the length of an arc with a measure of a certain, a certain uh, meters, like a certain length. And it also gives you the uh, the angle. So you have everything. You just need to plug that into that formula. That's assessment number ten. Okay. And that is it for our after class of podcast geometry week. I'm calling this 10, 11, and 12 overview. So we went over chapters 32-1, 32-2, a geometry of Hotham overview, assessment number 10, and our mathematicians of the week. If you have any questions, let me know. I'm uh, available via email. Otherwise, I'll see you in class.